slow on the draw. Sorry about that. These are Zechariah's words, and they are specifically about John the Baptist. But what they do is describe who Jesus would be. And so I would ask for you to join with me over two millennia of those who love Christ in repeating these words together. And you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to, to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the whole church, you may be seated. Merry Christmas. Yes, it doesn't end, does it? We need to be people who kind of carry it forward. And not just, and the tradition is 12 days of Christmas, but we need to be the people who have that idea of the joy and love and hope of Christ in our hearts all year long. Welcome to everyone. Thank you for being here today. I know lots of folks have lots of family in, in places, and we're blessed to have... Uh, I never believed in my life that I would have a two-row family, but I have a two-row family here today, and I'm very proud of that. I hope you have lots of family assembled with you as well. And if you're visiting with us, if you're a guest today, we particularly take, thank you for taking the time to be with us. If you are a guest, we would ask that you would take a moment to fill out one of the blue cards. It says guest across the top of it, right there in the pocket on the back of the chair in front of you. Uh, we are simply wanting to continue the blessing of this moment over forward into the next uh, days and weeks ahead. And you're taking the time to fill that out would be a great gift to us. In fact, later in the service, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we will invite all believers to participate in that if you choose. As a part of that, we will be giving financial gifts to God. And as one of our guests, we don't want you to feel under any obligation to make a financial gift. Instead, as one of our guests, please make the card, filled out card, your gift to us, and you can place it in the box in the back that says, Giving Back to God. And if you would do that, we would appreciate it very much. Also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online, whether you're watching live or maybe you're delayed a little bit. Really thankful for your presence here today. Thank you for clicking over and joining us. It's our invitation that you might subscribe to our channel and participate in other content that we're producing as well. And come back any Sunday and be with us. We would appreciate it, by the way, online or come join us in person if you can. On your way in today, boy, we're blessed. Uh, we had uh, Dara Frazier show up early this morning to even make some updates to the announcements and things like that. And so uh, we have a caring and sharing that got passed out today. Hope you got a copy of that. Whether you have a physical copy or not with you, and if you're online, you can go to the website anytime. Go to www.ljchurch.org, and you can get announcement sheets and prayer updates and all those kinds of things. We invite you to do that. 
want to remind you that we're continuing with contactless procedures for our Lord's Supper and our giving back to God. Therefore, you need to be sure you have a little individual set communion set with you that has both the cup and the bread included in it. If you don't have one of those uh, for everyone that needs it, then this might be a good time to go back to the middle table. Also, the QR code online would be an opportunity to give online if you choose to. Also, you have, there's a box back in the back, giving back to God, that you can place physical gifts in. We would appreciate that. And thank you for uh, helping us with these contactless procedures. I want to say a big thank you. Last Monday, we had a really great time at the Civic Center uh, with our 47th annual. Man, they're starting to stack up. Uh, Christmas dinner, I want to thank everyone that was involved in that. Appreciate the extra effort that everyone made, not only to be there, but so many people that were in the preparations for that and were particularly indebted to you. Looking forward a little bit, I want to look forward to next Sunday at 9.15. There'll be no Bible classes next Sunday again, but we want you to be here at 9.15, 9.30, 9.45, whenever you could make it. We'll start serving pancakes at 9.15. I'm told on good authority that the men's ministry has come up with the secret recipe for the best pancakes you've ever tasted in your life. Everybody go, wow. That's so we're, we're looking forward to that, and uh, so I want you to be participating in that. I think there not only will be regular syrup, but there'll be sugar-free syrup as well for those of you who choose to apostate pancakes with that kind of stuff, but we want you to be a part of that. Then that evening on the 2nd, we uh, will be going to meet gathering, those who choose it, to the Downing and Wilkins congregation in Angleton for our area-wide worship service. That will start, and again, this is the hard part, that'll start at 5 p.m. So if you're used to some other time, that, that's the time that that's going to be beginning, and hope that you'll join us. It's always a, a time of great blessing. Also, just one week forward, because we've had some people asking about it and we, we want to be sure and let you know that January the 9th will be our first uh, Family Fellowship Sunday of the new year. Potluck that will immediately follow the services. So uh, make plans for that as well. Again, we continue to be in this series of lessons called Angels' Wings. And again, the, the idea here is focusing on the way Luke incorporates angels so heavily into the coming of Jesus to earth at that time. And while we can say pretty unequivocally that December the 25th is not his birthday, it is a time that the world stops and celebrates something they call Christmas. And my question continues to be, if we're not going to be the ones who point the world toward Jesus at this time of the year, then who will do it? Amen? And if we're, not, if we're going to do it any time of year, and again, we should be doing it all the year, amen? But if we're going to do it at any particular time of the year, we want to be sure we're doing it right now. Amen? So we're glad to have this opportunity to bring these lessons surrounding Luke's story about the coming of Jesus. I want to invite my son-in-law, Jason Creed, to come up, and he's agreed to give our opening prayer. And so if you would join us in prayer this morning. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the joy that it is to be together uh, on a Sunday morning to lift our voices and worship to you. Um, I just pray that you would be with us uh, as uh, we gather and as we um, center around the story of you and uh, what you're doing in this world. We thank you so much for, for Jesus and um, his birth that we got to celebrate um, yesterday and this past week. And um, as Alan said, we want to be people who point you um, 
point the world to you and what you have done and what you're continuing to do. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Um, Help us center our hearts and our minds uh, around you this morning. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Let's stand as we sing the next two songs. Ah! Oh.
seated, please. I want the kids to come up and join me this morning. I know we're a little lax on kids. And if, uh, by the way, if your kids maybe don't feel comfortable coming by themselves, moms and dads are welcome to come with them. If y'all could sit down on the floor. Hello, Miss Juliet and Miss Callie. How are you? Just going to sit down on the floor. Very good. Thank you. Oh, and somebody got a new camera for Christmas. I am curious, why is Christmas so important? Why do we not want to miss Christmas? Does anybody want to miss Christmas ever, ever? No, we want to be sure that we make sure we find Christmas. And I have a feeling it has something to do with presents. Am I right about that? Did anybody get one or two presents over the last couple of days? Somebody got a beautiful new dress that looks lovely on her. Is anybody wearing something they got new for Christmas today? One and a couple of others. Very good. Well... I am glad that you got presents. I'm betting you guys got presents too. Am I right about that? Okay, all of us, all of you and all the moms and dads on three are going to say their favorite present for, for Christmas. Are you ready? One, two, three. Family. That was mine. I don't know. What was yours? So, okay. I, I couldn't catch all of them, but I'm fairly... Did anybody get a pony? Do we have any ponies this year? Did anybody get a bicycle? A new bike? Bike's kind of a common thing. Maybe not this year. Oh, Ann got a new bicycle. It's a good deal. Okay, does it go somewhere or is it sit in place? Okay, life is good. Hi, are you enjoying the spotlight, girlfriend? Okay. I want to tell you that presents are very much about what Christmas is about and why we don't want to miss it, but it isn't the presents that come wrapped under the Christmas tree. Instead, it's a present that comes in a manger in a stable. And who is associated with a manger in a stable? Jesus, that's exactly right. Can you say it louder? I don't know that the moms and dads know it. So on three, one, two, three. Jesus! Y'all didn't know, but that's exactly who comes in there. Y'all did a great job with that. I'm so. And Jesus is the greatest gift of all, isn't he? If we didn't have the present, the gift of Jesus, where would we be? We would be without some important things. Because with Jesus... We have, number one, we have hope. Can you say hope with me? How many of you have been waiting for Christmas to get here and maybe looking at your calendar or looking at your, uh, looking at your watch and saying, when will it ever come? Well, the hope that God gives us is while we wait, we know that his good and his better are still coming. He promises that there's going to be good and better. And even with things are difficult... Have you ever had a time when you were sad or maybe you were having, having a hard time? Has anybody ever had one of those? With hope, with the hope in Christ, we know that even when we're sad, there is good coming. God promises that. Second thing that Jesus gives is joy. Can you go, joy? joy. Awesome. Moms and dads, help us. One, two, three. They don't do it as well as y'all do, but that's beside the point. But thank you for doing it so well. That's exactly right. Because with Jesus, even the hard and difficult and sad things make are, are small compared to how big the joy is we have with Jesus. Yes? Joy. Then, you ready for one more? So the first two were hope. The second one was joy. Do it right. Ready? One, two, three. Joy, right? And then we have this th wonderful thing called peace. Can you say peace with me? 
peace. And that is the idea that when Jesus came and gave his gift, he made peace, a very special peace between himself and people that would choose to follow him. And finally, wow, biggest one of all. Are you ready? So what were the first three? Hope. No, that's not good enough. Ready? Joy. Very good. Y'all are awesome. And peace. And finally, the big, big one, right, is love. You know what's so special about God's love? Is it always is there. He loves us when we are doing great and we're being faithful and obedient and obeying our mommies and daddies. And he loves us even when we're not doing all the things we should. He continues to love us. He loves us so much that he wants to take us from where we are to someplace better and better and better. He wants the best for us. That is his love and he has done everything that he, we need for that. Can you sing a song with me about Jesus' love? I bet you know it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Big yes. Ready? Yes, Jesus loves me. Say it like you mean it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Mind you of one scripture, and I'm betting most of you know this one already. You, I know you know some scriptures. That's awesome. But in John 3.16, the Bible tells us that God loved the world. And when it says that, it means everybody. Can you give me a big everybody? Everybody. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Anyone who trusts or believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. And then this is the really neat part. God didn't send Jesus to judge or condemn the world. Instead, God sent Jesus to save the world through him. Everybody and you and you. Can you help me? Can we point to some mommies and daddies? And you and you and you and you and you. God wants for all men to know Jesus so that they can be part of his eternal life and his salvation. Can we say a big yay, Jesus? Can we do that together? One, two, three. Yay, yay Jesus! That was awesome, girlfriend. Can you join us in that? One, two, three. Yay, yay. Jesus! Awesome job. Uh, we have uh, no praise kids today, so if yours are whatever that is, first grade through fifth grade, they're staying with us. But we do have stage two today. And so stage two kids, you can go that direction, and maybe some of you need to help some of the new people get to stage two if they're going. So let's sing one more time. Yes, Jesus loves me. You can head back to your parents. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. This song we sing mainly during the holiday season, but it does a wonderful job of telling the story of Jesus. So please, as, as we sing it, pay attention to the words and, and the story that it tells. See, the virgin is delivered. In 
I'll be reading from Luke 2, 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, 
the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on men and knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Slow. Are you sensing the brush of angels, angels' wings as this time in our lives go by? Do you know the presence of the Lord is with you and is among us? And do you have an openness, a, a faithfulness to say, Ah, there's a little bit more of the Lord with us. Do you know one way that you can know that the presence of the Lord is with you? And this is consistent throughout Scripture. This is a biblical principle. Have you been filled with a sense of awe and fear? Now, this is not the kind of fear that when somebody jumps out of the corner and says, boo, fear. This is the kind of fear that when something so incredible happens, have you ever said this phrase? Something, you, you, maybe you're at an intersection and you just didn't pull out when the light turned green and somebody came flying through the ex intersection. You said, whoa, that was, what do you say? That was scary. And it wasn't boo scary, it wasn't horror movie scary, it was, wow, something could have happened and didn't. And sometimes it's not the avoidance of something bad. I'm sitting there in a tradition that our family has had over generations of Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yes, Christmas Eve, you open presents. And I'm sitting in a circle with four generations of my family. And I didn't, I didn't want anything except that moment to just kind of be filled up in a very special kind of way. And to a certain extent, you have to say, wow, that's scary for such good things to be in this feeble, frail, broken life. And yet there it is. When the presence of the Lord is with us, there is a sense of awe and fear that should come among us and should be a part of us and just kind of our, our, our senses tingle a little bit. Wow, there's more here than I thought there was. And what I, I would ask you, have you sensed the presence of God? It's a little bit like lightning, that awe and fear kind of thing. 
from a distance, lightning is a wonderful thing to observe. You don't get as much of it here because we have such tall trees and we don't really have hills to get up on. Occasionally we'll have a thunderstorm out in the gulf and you can go out to the beach or the, or the pier out there and you can watch the storm out there and see the, the lightning. Where I grew up in Belton, there was a dam, Belton Dam, built way up high. And you could see for miles and miles and miles and could see those thunderstorms rolling in and the beauty of the lightning. It's always beautiful until it starts getting close enough, right, to sort of make your heart kind of when the thunderclap hits and it, you can feel it. It's not any fun anymore when you're on a, a mountain in Colorado and just past noon in the summertime, the static electricity every single day basically builds up enough that the clouds need to release some electrical energy. I have been on a mountain when we had to ab abandon a ridge, put our ice axes, it's a piece of metal in the rock, and get under something because literally the hair on your arms was standing up. It's no longer beautiful and majestic. It is then, at that moment, scary because there's more power there and more light there than you really want to deal with. With God, His presence can be incredibly comforting. And it brings us so much, it warms our hearts. But the nearer it gets, the more we are just like Zechariah. The more we are just like Mary. And the more we are just like the shepherds that Callan just so ably read about. It is scary. Luke tells us, Luke tells us in this story. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and this word, the glory of the Lord. And any time that you see the glory of the Lord show up in the Bible, the earth starts shaking and people start falling on their faces because something incredible, something that the Bible unabashedly calls the fear of the Lord, fills them because the presence of the Lord is so near. The glory of the Lord shone about them. And skipping down a little bit, and skipping down a little bit, and suddenly there was with the angel that one angel who delivered that message, there was a multitude of the heavenly host. So, I'm just kind of curious, how do you like your angels? When the heavenly host appeared, when the messenger comes, how do you like your angels? We, I think, like them, or maybe we like, want them to be cute, kind of childlike. Predominantly feminine is sort of our, our best sort of picture of them, it seems, because that's the one that gets repeated over and over again. It's very interesting that if you survey the Bible, while there are some who say there aren't female angels, I'm absolutely not willing to go there. We just don't have mention of female angels being messengers of God, but my guess is kind of part of God's creation, male and female, so I'm, I'm not, going away, going, not going that far. But we kind of like them cute and cuddly. We like them where we can hang them on a tree. Or maybe we uh, put them on, in a display up, up on a top, of a top of a tree kind of thing like that. Maybe we prefer them to be relatively benign. Pretty. And maybe there's a bunch of them. And maybe the form is not all that terribly familiar, but they're still pretty benign. They're at a distance. I particularly like this picture because the shepherds, as opposed to falling in awe and terror, as the text tells us, they're just kind of like at a, at, a, at a movie theater, kicking back. Wow, this is kind of cool, you know, kind of deal like that. I think we really like them 
benign. Beautiful, but just sort of beautiful in the sense of a decoration of sorts. Unfortunately, this is not the biblical picture either. They can be glorious, right? We like shiny angels, right? And when the glory of the Lord shows up, we want light to be there. And so they can be very glorious and shiny, but we still want them to be relatively familiar. We want them to be friendly looking. We want them to have a smile on their face. And by the way, the angel that appeared to Zechariah and the angel that appeared to Mary... And the angel that appears with the message to the shepherds, all the first line they say is, we know that you're scared because we're here, but don't be afraid. And so we like friendly angels. But even that is not necessarily, in fact, I would say, that is contrary to the biblical picture. My guess is we don't expect them to be threatening at all. We expect them to be light but we kind of like them in a in a light in the sense of oh that's kind of like a light bulb shining in a dark place not filling the entire sky the filling the entire night sky with a light that is beyond our ability to fully perceive we don't expect them to be threatening and by the way we really 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 don't want them to be armed angels with weapons is kind of contrary to our modern sensibilities about what we want to see with angels. The phrase, though, the phrase that Luke uses specifically is a phrase that he's reaching into the Old Testament. The phrase is host of heaven. And we can translate it in lots of different ways, but in the original language, it's a specific construction, host of heaven. And it has a very specific meaning because it should actually be translated and more accurately be translated armies. Because when you look at the word in the Old Testament, it is always the description that is given to the Israelite host as it went out to do battle or an enemy, say the Assyrian or the Babylonian army as they are coming. The host is coming. But there's also specific language about the host of heaven. And so, the army of heaven, the army of God shows up, and we should not be surprised by their reaction. They were, say it with me, terrified. I would invite you to go back and look. Zechariah is afraid. Mary is afraid. The shepherds are terrified and for good reason the work of the host of heaven was always the host of heaven was at work when israel was brought out of egypt you remember that story how god single-handedly and again the description is often and particularly when the the bible the old testament writers reflect back on what happened in the exodus It was God's host, the host of heaven, who were fighting for Israelite and defeating the strongest army on the world at that time, the Egyptian army, defeating them without the Israelites lifting a single weapon. It was the host of heaven who accomplished that. The host of heaven would be utilized, would be working for Israel as they were driving out the peoples in front of them in the promised land. 
It was God's military force working above and beyond them. When you think about why did the walls of Jericho fall, the Bible would say because the host of heaven showed up and knocked them down. It is that same host that shows up in that field outside of Bethlehem to those shepherds. And the reason that they would be terrified in addition to the glory of the Lord and in addition to this military, heavenly military force showing up, yes, their swords and spears may have been sheathed and not pointing at them. The reason they were terrified is that in addition to fighting for Israel, when you read books like Jeremiah and Amos, you understand that the prophets say, the host of heaven are coming to destroy Israel because Israel has been so faithless that their testimony in the world has completely failed. And God says, I can't let them continue as a nation and have integrity with my message that I am a good God. And so the host of heaven will come to destroy and does come to destroy Israel. Yes, there are military armies but when you read the prophets, those military armies are driven and their success is accomplished not just by their military strength, but by the host of heaven fighting against Israel for God. There is also the language of the day of the Lord. And again, the host of heaven is engaged in this when all wickedness will be purged from the world. And again, if I'm somebody who is sitting in a, in a, in a poor home or stable... Maybe I think, yes, please take care of those guys. But you never know where the line is between those that the day of the Lord is coming to seek vengeance on and those that the Lord is coming to lift up. And so it was that they were terrified. But terror is not their message. Amen? On this night, they wanted to proclaim glory to God. We're not showing up here shiny and mighty and fearful to scare you. We are showing up to praise God for what He is doing. Something is changing in the world tonight and we want you to know about it. And Luke wants to be sure that we read about it so that we can know about it. Glory to God. And then the true good news of their message and the reason that it is a message of joy and not fear is that the proclamation is and on earth peace. Somebody say, Hallelujah. God's peace to all mankind. God's peace to those who love Him. God's peace on me and you. God's peace on the world. No matter how rebellious it may be, God wants His peace to come on us. Amen? And we, in turn, have the opportunity to be that peace. To have that peace in our life. To be that peace in our families, in our friendships, and even more, to be that peace in the world. The next phrase, if you read your Bible, is, is, is difficult to translate because it seldom gets translated exactly the same way. Among whom he favors, on those he is pleased with, on whom he, his favor rests. There's even an, an ancient tradition, this is the King James Version, peace on earth and goodwill. And the idea could be that we, we want to be nice to each other, but in reality, and goodwill to men is God's goodwill upon men. 
Whatever the translation may be, it was God's desire that His favor be extended to the earth. Extended to us through the gift of Jesus. And this is not a peace that comes because we've gotten ourselves all lined up and we're doing exactly the right thing. And we, we recognize that, oh, I've, I've got, I'm getting things right, so God's peace remains with us. No. Say it with me. It's a gift. Can you say gift? A gift from God that His peace would come to us. His favor is extended through us through the gift of Christ. This theme and this idea of, of Jesus being this, this peace offering from God, not only is established right here at His birth by the angel and the host of heaven, but if you read the gospel, what you read is Jesus living into the peace that He wants to create with His people. He wants to create peace in those lives of people who are tormented by demons. And he throws the demons out. He wants to create peace in those who are blind and lame and lepers. He wants to bring peace into their lives. He wants to, for us to understand God's word in a much more powerful sort of way. And understand it not as a burdensome obligation. But as a freeing faithfulness and trust that we can have towards God, and particularly a loving favor that God wants to have towards us. That idea will be developed in every single thing he does, literally, until he goes to the cross, and at the cross, what are those words that he says? And he says it to the people that are near, and he says it to the people that are a little too far to hear it completely. But he says it and it echoes through generations and millennia and will echo until he comes back again. Father, say it with me, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You see, even at the end of his life, he was still representing and bringing that idea of peace. Don't you love the way I, we all memorized? Maybe you, you didn't. This is the first verse I memorized. My dad was the one who made sure I memorized. John 3.16, say it with me. By the way, whatever version you say is fine. Don't worry about it. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believer, any whosoever people, whosoever believeth, right? Whosoever, who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. But have you memorized the next one? Because God didn't send Jesus in the world to condemn the world. And isn't that so often the picture that people want to paint of Christians in the church? That you're just here to condemn others. That should never be the picture that is painted of us, number one. And number two, it is always an inaccurate picture of who God is and what he's doing through Jesus. He didn't send Jesus to condemn. He sent Jesus to save. To save me, to save you, to save those Pick your favorite sin that you don't like. That you think somehow or another you're better because you don't have to struggle with that sin. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's same-sex attraction. Maybe it's take your pick. And you want to say, yeah, they've got a problem. And instead, God says, I didn't come to condemn them. I don't want them to stay there. I don't want that brokenness to continue in their life. But I came even to save, say it with me, save them, to save us. 
So if we're going to be God's peace in the world, I want to call us to a couple of things. Being God's peace, if God proclaims peace to us, it is always our obligation. Our sense of being called by God into that peaceful relationship produces a responsibility to be that peace. And I want to point out two things real quickly. First of all, being God's peace in the world means that we are embracing the keys of forgiven and forgiveness. Walk with me just for a moment. Jesus wants, for those of you, for those of us who are trusting Him, again, not living a perfect life, but are putting our lives entrusted to Jesus. We have represented that in the waters of baptism. He has raised us to a new life. And in that life, He has no intention for us to live in a sense of burdensome guilt. We are forgiven. God's peace remains on us and He wants to be in peace with us and us to be in peace with Him. We are forgiven. And we make the mistake of Christians with confusing the idea of having a soft and repentant heart with walking around with a load of guilt. And that is not God's intention. Jesus didn't die on the cross and God didn't raise Him from the dead for you to feel guilty. Amen? If you have responded to Christ in love, and if you are continuing with a soft, repentant heart, He wants you to know that His forgiveness flows on you all the time. Amen? We sang a song, Glorious Impossible. And you may think, the sin in my life would be impossible for God to overcome, but His glorious, impossible truth is that He has forgiven all that is, all that was, and all that will be in your life. Because you've put your trust in Him. Secondly though, if we have experienced that that forgiveness ourselves, we are called to be people who extend forgiveness to others. Amen? You ever notice the Lord's Prayer? Lots of statements about things that God does. A few requests. Give us this day our daily bread. And then... Forgive us our sins, trespasses, debts, whatever you choose to account for it as. It's the only phrase that has a a condition. As we forgive those who sin against us. And whether that's simply being a little short and saying things that you don't intend to because you've become impatient and you need to ask for forgiveness. In the simplest little relationships in your life. Or whether it is the idea that you have long ongoing grudges with other people. And forgiveness is not saying that I condone what you're involved in. Because again it's part of the brokenness of the world. And God doesn't want you to live in that. But I'm not going to be the one that condemns. I'm going to be the one that steps into the relationship with a sense of, I want forgiveness to be a part of this relationship. Amen? So if we're going to bring God's peace in the world, forgiveness and forgiven have to be in the center key of it. But secondly, I want us to recognize that if we're going to be God's peace in the world, we've got to be empathizing with the reality that God comes to us Not us coming to God for His peace. We didn't 
go up and say, God, give us your son. We didn't go up and say, we want to be there with you. God said, at this moment, I am ready to send my son. It was God's initiation. Amen? I am thankful of the gift that he's given in Christ. But do I live in a way that recognizes that peace is not something that somebody has to earn. Peace is something that I want to extend even into the most contentious situations in my world. Where there is disagreement on basic fundamental things, I still want to be the one who initiates a sense of peace. A sense that I don't want there to be conflict between us. Yes, there will always be truths that we will argue about. But I want that discussion to be in a relationship of peace that you don't have to earn, but instead a peace that I am willing to give. The empathy that says, I'm going to take the first step towards you, even if you're not necessarily willing to step towards me. Because God took the first step towards us in sending Jesus in a way that we could never, ever have taken the first step on. Amen? Forgiveness and empathy. The glory of the Lord shone about them. The glory of the Lord shone about them. The reality is that God sending His Son into the world is a statement of, I want my glory to dwell with you. When Jesus left, He said His Spirit was coming, and, and in that way God could continue to be with us. The glory of the Lord doesn't want to just shine out there towards us, but it wants to be in us and shine within us so that the world can see not how good we are, but how wonderful God is. And he wants to bring that glory to dwell in and around you. At this time, we're extending a, going to sing a song. It's called an invitation. And it is my hope that in your heart, you will choose to take a step. That you will choose to take a step a little closer to where God wants you to be. You can have a conversation with your neighbor. If you're online, you would be welcome to start a conversation with those of us here by texting us your question or your desire as it were how do i let the glory of god be a part of me you can text the number that's on the screen there 979-217-3300 and that'll start that conversation but during this song if you wished to come forward and say i need to know how a little more of god can be a part of me because don't we need a little more jesus in our life don't we need a little more hope? Don't we need a little more joy? And don't we, in our world today, don't we need a lot more peace? Jesus is the only answer to that. And I'd invite anyone, whether it's a conversation with your neighbor, friend that's sitting next to you today, whether it's a phone call with someone later today, whether it's a text that comes in, or whether you want to come forward and say, I need the help of this church to put a little more Jesus, a little more of the glory of God in my life, then during this song, won't you come as we stand and sing? Tears are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God.
kids that are coming back from stage two will be coming in, so if you have a stage two child, feel free to gather them up. Now we'll begin the celebration of the Lord's Supper. There is love that came for us, humble to us in you broke our shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious. Faithfulness none can deny. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that sets me free. Jesus Christ, who lives in you are stronger, you are stronger, sin is broken, you can save me. It is written, Christ is risen, Jesus you are Lord No beginning and no end, you're my You came to seek and save the lost. You paid it all upon the cross. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen, Jesus you. Jesus, you 
peace on earth was the message. Uh, but as Alan pointed out, peace doesn't come through conquest. The, the Pax Romana that he fer- referred to did not bring much peace. Peace instead comes through forgiveness. And in Ephesians 2, uh, starting in verse 13, there's mention of that. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away, sorry, screensaver, but now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, the one who made both groups into one and who destroyed the middle wall of partition, the hostility, when he nullified in his flesh the law of commandments and decrees, he did this to create in himself one new man out of two, thus making peace and to reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by which the hostility has been killed. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the peace that you give us. Lord, we recognize that that did not come through, um, through smashing evil um, with the ways that we think of winning. But it came um, through submission and through sacrificial love um, for all mankind. We thank you that we are part of that and that you loved us so much that you were willing to give your son on our behalf. As we take this bread, we ask that it would remind us of that sacrifice that he made, the life he gave for us, and for the gift that that is in our lives. It's in his name we pray. Amen. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Would you pray again with me for the cup? Dear God, we... Uh... We come to you now and we, as we take this uh, cup together, um, remembering the, the blood that Jesus shed on our behalf. Lord, again, we thank you for his sacrifice, for the love that that demonstrated. Lord, we pray that it will encourage us and strengthen us, help us to live in that same way, uh, to be sacrificial in the way we live, to demonstrate love for, for all people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. His presence, there is comfort in His presence, there is peace. When we seek a Father's heart, we will find such rest assurance in the presence of this time uh, we won't pass plates but uh, we'll have a prayer uh, for the gifts that are given Uh, again there's various ways there's a box in the back you can place an offering in 
there's QR codes here and online, uh, different ways that you can uh, get back. Uh, join me in prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the, the, the ultimate gift of Jesus, Lord. We we're mindful of that during the season in particular as we exchange gifts and, and try to, to, to draw our attention back to that idea. Lord, we, uh, we recognize that you've given us more uh, in this life than, than most people have in terms of comfort and convenience. Lord, help us not to, um, to, um, to, to take those things for granted. Help those things to enable us to be more able to, to serve and to, to do more to help others. Lord, we pray that you will bless the gifts that are given uh, with the intent of, of, of trying to, um, to spread your kingdom throughout the world. Lord, we ask that you would enable that, those gifts to, to do that and more through the blessing that you will impart upon them. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, the kids can come forward. If I can find the place that the folks are seated. For the kids' gift. Uh, thank you, Alan. I appreciate that uh, message. Uh, <clears throat> brings home the message, peace on earth. It started with peace between man and God, that God reached out to us while we were the ones in the wrong. We sinned against him as mankind. And then that peace should be passed to others. So I encourage each and every one, if there's someone in your life, a family member, a co-worker, someone that there's a problem between the two of you. They've sinned against you, and you've been waiting for them to come forward and, and ask forgiveness. But God didn't wait for us, so I encourage you to reach out to that person and try to renew that and bring peace on earth, whether it's uh, whoever it may be. Thank you, Alan. Uh, oh, want to extend my thanks to the visitors here. We have numerous visitors. I think Visitors may account for nearly 50% of the attendance this morning, so we are super excited about that, and uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, we're honored that you chose to uh, worship with us this morning and invite you to do that any time that you're in town uh, visiting. Thank you very much for that. Uh, remember, our uh, focus, mission focus, is our children's home for this month, uh, uh, the Sunny Glen, Cherokee, and the uh, Arms of Hope, and uh, uh, very thankful. Just keep them in our prayers. Uh, and uh, also with that, this is a praise God and thank you Jesus deal. The joy boxes that this church assembled and sent to Haiti. Now we've got supply chain issues. Haiti had a president assassinated. They had an earthquake. There's all kinds of chaos. And even in this country, if you send something uh, FedEx or something. We have porch pirates that steal things. And in spite of all that, those joy boxes that you sent have been, have arrived in Haiti and have been distributed. And that could only happen by the grace of God. And so I uh, just wanted you to know that those joy boxes have been received with much happiness and by the grace of God. Uh, next Sunday morning in lieu of class we will have a pancake breakfast 
Uh, it says 9.15, so if you get here at the normal time at 9.30 for class, you're going to be eating cold pancakes. No, no I, don't th I think there'll be fresh ones all morning long. Uh, talk to Jeff. David, pass it off to Jeff if you'd like to help. We still have a few positions open for those who would like to help next Sunday morning, so uh, please be here and enjoy that uh, as well. Um, let me make sure I hadn't forgot anything. We'd like to just make a, on the, on the caring and sharing, I'd like to bring a couple of new things to your attention. Uh, uh, Sylvia Haro has a niece and nephew, uh, Andrea, here in the middle on their prayer page, so uh, uh, check with that. Uh, also would like to, once again, express our sympathy to those who have lost loved ones. Uh, Olaf Bryan, the father of Gretchen Abney, and I probably didn't say that right, I'm sorry, Gretchen, I didn't pronounce it right. Um, uh, has passed away, so we want to remember them. Also, most of you have probably heard that uh, Casey Noah passed away yesterday. Uh, Noah Casey, sorry. I knew I'd mess up some. And um, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, losing a child is a most painful experience. So let's remember them and try to be a comfort to them and raise them up to a Heavenly Father in, in prayer. Um, this week. Also, I'd like to add that, uh, okay, this is, let me see if I get this right. The cousin of Billy Yates, her husband, okay, is in the hospital uh, with COVID on a ventilator, uh, and they're in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So let's remember the Yates family once again as they are. And also, Mary Lou, uh, Leon is a little bit under the weather, and that explains her absence. She is feeling a little bit bad, so let's also remember her. Uh, if there's nothing further, I'll, uh, let's go to our Father in prayer. Our most gracious, kind, and loving Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for, once again, for the greatest gift you have given us, the gift of love, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus. Lord, let us accept this gift. Let us be humble. Uh, that there's nothing that we have done to deserve it, to earn it. It is strictly out of your grace, your mercy, and your love. Lord, let us joyfully accept that and let us joyfully pass that gift along to others. Let us be an example. Let us be a word of encouragement. Let us be a voice of forgiveness. Uh, Lord, just let us, the joy of Jesus, be seen in our lives every day. Uh, Lord, just pray for those that have lost loved ones. We especially pray for uh, Noah's family and just bless them and just let us be your heart, your hands, your voice, your arms. Uh, let us comfort them and just are thankful for, for Jesus and all that he means. Uh, Lord, just thank you for forgiving our sins and just help us as we forgive others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this final song today. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. 
and spread the word.